May the force be with you. Or may the fourth be with you. And <laughs> what's up, guys? Welcome to a brand new episode of Drew Unscripted. Coming at you guys with a Monday Night Raw review. We had the build up, the final Raw before Money in the Bank this Sunday on pay per view. What is being described as the most unique Money in the Bank ladder match of all time, where the risk is worth the reward. And believe me, they said that several times over and over and over on this show, and they've been saying that for the past couple weeks, but you know, that's WWE guys, they do tend to kind of over say certain things. But we had Raw tonight, guys. I mean, overall, right off the bat, Raw wasn't exactly, I think, it wasn't exactly stacked tonight. But obviously, because of what's been going on, the roster that we've been seeing, obviously, is what we've been getting. But get into that. Let's get into it, guys. Let's get into Raw. We kicked off with, once again, MVP, the VIP Lounge. This is the second week MVP's kicked off Raw. Don't know what MVP is doing here. I mean, MVP, I know backstage is, I think he's, um, he has something to do backstage. He has some kind of a role backstage. But the thing is, is that MVP, if you guys remember, he's been saying that he's retired. He's been saying, <laughs> you know, all this and that, but yet, you know, he's constantly getting airtime. I don't know. At this point, I don't know why they just don't make him the general manager. I mean, you know, he is getting airtime and stuff like that. I don't know. Why not make him the GM? I mean, I know they really don't believe in GMs anymore, but I mean, if they, I think if they were to have a GM role, it would make more sense because it's like, who the hell is calling the shots? You remember when the McMahons said that the McMahons and Triple H came out on that episode of Raw and they said that we were the authority? <laughs> yeah. Where? But we had this happen. MVP came out. He introduced, instead of the men's Money in the Bank ladder match like he did last week, he introduced the women's. We had Shayna Baszler. We had Asuka. And we had Nia Jax. The only difference is we didn't have a six-person, a six-woman tag. Like, we had a six-man tag. Obviously, because the other three competitors are exclusive to the SmackDown brand. But this... This segment wasn't too good. I mean, you know, Nia Jax, again, you guys know how I feel about Nia Jax. I don't care for her attitude outside of wrestling. But, you know, the fact is, you know, she is there. I mean, is she good in the ring? I don't think she's good in the ring. I think she, at times, is very, she's very reckless in the ring. We've seen, you know, much like we've seen with every other people, we've seen her hurt some of her opponents. I mean, whoever forget that move she did she did to Kyrie Sane, who, by the way, has not been seen since, I don't think. But who knows what's up with Kyrie? You know, she's not going to play in to Money in the Bank. I think Asuka's going to be solo in that match, even though it is no disqualification. But we have these three women come out. Shayna Baszler looks like a badass. Shayna Baszler, you know, she has that badass leather jacket, badass glasses. She just looks like a badass in general. You know, she came out. She was just sitting. She was just laid back, chilling. Nia Jax was asked by MVP about her performance at Money in the Bank. And Nia Jax basically was like, do you watch the show? Have you seen how dominant I am? I mean, you know, again, personal feelings aside for Nia Jax, you know, again, I don't know her in real life. I just, all I know is what I see, like her posts on social media. And sometimes it's hard to tell whether she's 
a real personality or whether she's trying to be in character. You know, I can't tell anymore. But she, again, she doesn't seem like the type of person that's, you know, the most friendly, especially when it comes to social media. But I don't know. I mean, if I was to talk to her, would I have a good conversation with her? You never know. But she had a little something to say. Then Oscar was interviewed. Oscar started talking, started cutting one of her promos, you know, where she just speaks Japanese and all that stuff. And a lot of people are entertained by that. I think it's entertaining personally. And then Shayna Baszler said she lets her actions speak louder than her words. And they both, Asuka and Shayna Baszler, who I think would be a good match. I think if you were to put the belt on Shayna Baszler and you would build up Asuka, the old Asuka, and Shayna, I think that would be a pretty nice build. I mean, you never know. Maybe, who knows, maybe in a crazy world you can get Becky versus Shayna versus Asuka, triple threat at SummerSlam. I think that would be pretty good. I think eventually, if you give Shayna the belt, you could have Shayna taking on ba- taking on Oscar. You can build that up. But either way, they were staring at each other. They looked right at Nia Jax. They attacked Nia Jax. Nia Jax was out the ring, and that was the end of the segment. Before it ended, Oscar and Shayna started to attack each other. MVP separated them, and that was that. Didn't really care for the segment. I mean, Shayna Baszler looks like a badass. She is one of my picks for. The women's money in the bank ladder match. But other than this, it really was nothing to it. Asuka's entertaining. I'm not going to lie. Nia Jax is just kind of there. I mean, yeah, she's, you know, she's currently being built up as their unstoppable force. But in my mind, Shayna Baszler is the unstoppable force. But Shayna Baszler doesn't feel like Shayna Baszler these days. I have no idea what's going on. I think it's just WWE. You know, this is the difference between being booked on NXT and then being booked on either Raw or SmackDown, the main roster. You know, it, it is a very, very big difference. And we know that we've seen that with Ricochet. We've, we've seen that with other talents. We've seen, you know, just how in NXT, you know, they get the chance on the main roster. Well, things kind of change. You know, we've seen, we've seen it with just about everybody. And then we had a last chance gauntlet match. Basically, Superstars... Random superstars competing in a gauntlet match, which we've seen several gauntlet matches. I think the best gauntlet match that WWE did was the one with Seth Rollins, where he shined in 2018. And then the one with Kofi Kingston. Other than that, and also the one with uh, Heavy Machinery wasn't too bad and stuff like that. But other than that, you know, these gauntlet matches, I think, are a little overkill. But we had Bobby Lashley kicking kicking it off. It was Bobby Lashley, Titus O'Neil, who, by the way, Titus O'Neil, you know, hasn't really been seen on television that much. You know, he's busy with his catering backstage. But Bobby Lashley, of course, eliminated Titus O'Neil. You know, no no shock there. We next we had Shelton Benjamin. Well, we had Akira Tozawa for Shelton Benjamin. Tozawa, you know, don't know why he's in this predicament. You know, I think you should focus him. On the Cruiserweight Championship Tournament. Because let's face it. When Tazawa is competing on NXT or 205 Live. The guy is incredible. He had His best match I think on the, on the main roster was, was with that match he had with... Who was it? Was it Murphy? And then that match he had recently with Austin Theory. And of course his stuff in NXT is really good. When he's there on NXT, that match he had with, with Strickland. With, well, Isaiah Swerve Scott. But of course his NXT name is... Isaiah Swerve Scott, but I call, I know him as Shane Strickland. That's how I 
first started watching him was obviously Shane Strickland. Met him at PCW. Or actually, I didn't get to meet him at PCW. I saw him live, but I didn't get to meet him. I didn't run into him. But anyways, losing losing topic, guys. So yeah, Tizawa came out. He got squashed by Lashley. Then we had, of course, don't know what, again, don't think Tazawa should have been in this because like, I think you should keep him built for the Cruiserweight Championship Tournament on NXT. But obviously with the small stat that they have, I guess they couldn't get no one else or maybe they could have. I don't know. And then we had Sheldon Benjamin. Remember him? Sheldon Benjamin, the gold standard, multi-time Intercontinental Champion, the United States Champion, you know, Tag Team Champion, Team Angle, Sheldon Benjamin. Yeah. Sheldon Benjamin, who ever since he's come back, he hasn't really done anything, man. Like, since he's come back, he's just kind of been there. And it's a shame because Sheldon Benjamin is, like, he's a great athlete. He's one of their best. Always has been. Even when he first was around, he became great. Remember his stuff with Triple H? Remember his feuds with, with Shawn Michaels? His matches with Randy Orton? His matches with John Cena? His matches with Triple H? I mean, come on. Sheldon Benjamin... And now, you know, but, but get it, yeah, I get it, Shelton is, you know, he's a, he's a little bit of an older guy now, I guess you can say, well, yeah, he's one of those guys that, you know, once in a while when you need him for either to get someone else over or whatever, and it sucks, because I think Shelton Benjamin can do a lot, I think he still has a lot to offer, I think if you were to put Shelton in like a feud for the Intercontinental Championship or the United States Championship, or if you were to give him like a good tag team push, like why the fuck did you break up him and Chad Gable, it makes no sense to me. You know, those guys that as a tag team, you know, Shelton Benjamin had the tag team experience. And, of course, Chad Gable became a great tag team wrestler. Remember American Alpha, him and Jason Jordan? But, you know, that's why when him and Shelton got back together, or when they came together, I was like, hey, man, that's not a bad pairing. But what did you do? You split them up. You sent Chad Gable to Raw. He became partners with Bobby Roode, which I think, which I thought was pretty good, him and Bobby Roode, it was random, but I thought it was pretty good, then he comes back to Smackdown Live, and you put him in that Shorty G gimmick, and Shelton Benjamin, you really just haven't did nothing with him, the last time I seen Shelton Benjamin was when he was getting his ass kicked by Cain Velasquez, and then Brock Lesnar, so it's like, yeah man, ah, you know, Shelton Benjamin, great talent, but don't know what they've done with him since he's, since he's came back, I mean, I get it, you know, you need those enhancement guys. You need guys to make other people get over. I get it. But still, at the same time, there are certain talents that are just not meant for that. And I think Shelton Benjamin is too good right now to be doing that. But, you know, then again, what can I say? Benjamin basically wrestles on main event, and it sucks. But, um, yeah, we had Lashley go over Shelton Benjamin. And then we had Humberto Carrillo, the creepiest dimples in the business you will ever see. I'm just kidding. Great athlete, but, you know, I'm just, I don't know, man. Humberto Carrillo, ever since he's came to, to to Raw, I just, you know, you figure, why is this guy in Raw? This guy could be killing it in the NXT Cruiserweight, cha Cruiserweight Championship Tournament if you would have kept him there. I think the guy could be killing it because the guy is talented. I'm not going to say he's not. And who knows? In a year from now, if, you know, you never know. Maybe this guy will be somewhere. I have no idea. But since he's came to the main roster, I mean, what's he done? I mean, yeah, he's wrestled Seth Rollins. He's wrestled AJ Styles. That's about it. Yeah, man, he wrestled, he's wrestled Andrade countless times. Great matches. I mean, the guy is extremely talented, Humberto Carrillo. But, you know, the reality is, I mean, they just don't have anything for him. And I just feel like, why did you bring this guy up? You should have given this guy more time to shine. More time to get better and better and get more crowd reactions. Or you turn this guy heel. Put him, put him with Zelina Vega's group. 
kick out Austin Theory. Let Austin Theory be his own guy. You know, Theory is too good, I think, to be in a group. But, you know, I think I, but at the same time, I still think he's doing great. So we had apparently Lashley, and I didn't really see what happened. I tried to go back, and I really couldn't figure it out. So Lashley got disqualified because he pushed the referee, I think, or he got a little handsy with the referee. And it's kind of like in storyline, why would Bobby Lashley be doing that? And why the hell would he be beating up Humberto Carrillo like that? It's, not, it's almost like as if they've been feuding, you know? Lashley should just got the victory, and that was it. And in storyline, why would Lashley risk getting himself disqualified? Makes makes no sense. But yeah, Lashley's out. He's disqualified. He attacks Humberto, you know, getting that that heel heat, whatever you can say. He was out there. He was there without Lana. So obviously, Lashley continuing to tell Lana she looks beautiful in hopes of getting her to miss whenever he's wrestling. So then we had Angel Garza. Garza came out. Garza, another great talent, another great athlete. Him and Humberto, nice little match right here, but at the same time, it's just like, I don't know why Garza was in the tournament. Like, the, the point is, you know, this tournament shouldn't have even been a tournament. This gauntlet match shouldn't have even, even been a gauntlet match. I think you could have done a mini battle royal, even though just like gauntlet matches, battle royals are a little burned out. Or you could have done a fatal four-way. You could have had just four guys who, you know, yeah, some that have competed. Like, you could have had... You know, who's qualified? He could have had freaking Theory because he's been in the... He was trying to qualify before. You could have had... You could have easily had... um. You could add Buddy Murphy, maybe. You could have had freaking... Um, who else have we had in there? Eh, you could have had MVP because it, it makes chance. It's a last chance battle royal... Or a last chance match. But then again, who wants to see MVP wrestle? I mean, come on. This guy should be a GM at this point. Or a manager. I don't know. But this was short and sweet. You know, Humberto got the victory over Garza. Garza is eliminated again. Garza, you know, he's part of the future of your company. And you're having him lose like this. Didn't like it. Then we had, of course, right on cue, Austin Theory came out. Theory, of course, fell victim to Angel Garza again. Angel Garza got the surprise victory. Didn't like it. Like I said, Austin Theory, you know, still don't know why he got pushed. I mean, I get it. You know, Andrade was injured. You had to go with, you know, you had to go with the plan B. And I guess Theory was the plan B. Even though I feel like Theory on his own, the guy is extremely talented. The guy is the future of your company. He, He's your future WWE champion. Let's just be honest. He's your future WWE champ. Or he's your future... United States champion. Any championship you can you can put on this kid, except for the cruiserweight championship, I'm telling you, run with it. You know the guy's too talented. Same for Garza to lose like this. But Austin Theory makes more sense because he had a chance to qualify and he was defeated by Alistair Black. But again, you know, I kind of figured what they were gonna do with this. There was a part of me that thought, oh, maybe they are gonna make freaking Humberto win. They just want to have it, you know, they want to give him the strong showing in a gauntlet match. We've seen it with Kofi Kingston. We've seen it with Seth Rollins. We've seen it recently with Shotzi Blackheart from NXT, the NXT women's division. So next we had the return of the phenomenal one, AJ Styles. And it was rumored. I did read rumors that AJ was going to be back on Raw. 
I didn't know if he was going to be coming back as a baby face or if he was going to continue to be a heel. I think it makes more sense for him to be a heel. But then again, without Gales and Anderson there, the OC don't know really what AJ is going to do. Not to say AJ couldn't be a heel by himself because we know he can do it. He's done it before. I mean, that time when he was on SmackDown, he was by himself. He was one of the best heels in the business. But... This is the, obviously, this is the first time that we're seeing Styles since the Boneyard match with Undertaker at this past WrestleMania almost a month back. So Styles kind of selling it a little bit. A lot of people felt he should have sold it a little longer than he did. Maybe he could have came back under different attire, different shirt, maybe a different theme. But he came back, had the OC attire on. It's a little awkward, but I did read another report that AJ was saying that it's his request to still rock the OC attire, don't know how long that's going to last. I think maybe as a favor to AJ, they're letting him rock it. You know, because obviously Gallows and Anderson are no longer with the company. Just like, of course, you know, they were part of that big, you know, that big budget cut that took place a little over a month ago. Or almost a month already. But like, what, four weeks? Um, about three weeks ago, maybe? But AJ came out. Obviously, AJ is still a heel. He's still healing, healing it up. He was beating up Humberto Carrillo. Obviously, him and Carrillo have had some great matches in the past, and AJ helped get him over a little bit. Um, AJ was beating up Humberto, and there was a part of me that thought, oh, are they going to give Humberto the surprise victory over AJ? Oh, man, come on. But AJ was attacking him. Humberto tried to get some offense, but AJ kept on beating him down, working on his midsection, working on his leg. Had him in the cab crusher a couple times. Humberto was able to get out, but AJ in the end got the victory. AJ made him tap out with the, with the cab crusher, and AJ qualifies for Money in the Bank. So obviously AJ is still turning, is still heel, not a babyface. Don't know. Obviously things can change. Like I said, it was rumored that AJ was gonna be back on Raw. I, I then read he was gonna be he was supposed to originally be out a little longer than he did, but obviously because of ratings not being up, they obviously wanted to bring back AJ because AJ is a draw. He has ratings. I mean, I think, you know, AJ is one of those guys that you just, you know, you can tune in to watch him because he's AJ Styles, one of the best promo cutters in the business, one of the best athletes in the world. You know, I'm a big AJ Styles fan, always have been, ever since his days in TNA, you know. So AJ's back, he attacked Humberto after the match, of course, still a heel. He got on the microphone, cut a promo, said that he's not a zombie, he's not a ghost, he's back. And... And now there's no Undertaker standing in his way. He mentioned how he will become a three-time WWE champion. Because let's face it, AJ's reign back in the day, the 400, however long it was. And um, he basically said that he'll do whatever it takes to win the corporate money in the bank ladder match. And he even, he even threatened to throw somebody off of the building. So I'm thinking, you know, maybe they got a big stunt planned for money in the bank. You know, we'll have to wait and see. You know, I I would like to see it. Of course, they've already been filmed, and I think it is going to be cinematic, which should be interesting. But then I heard they were, they were going to do the men's and the women's Money in the Bank letter match at the same time. Don't know how that's going to get over, but to be quite honest, you know, with WWE, nothing really surprises me. But AJ's back. He's in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Obviously, this changes up things up a little bit with who could win it. I could obviously AJ, I could obviously see AJ winning it because if Drew McIntyre is going to retain the championship, you know, if, you know, and he's not going to go to SmackDown and ch challenge for the Universal Championship. No, because I'm pretty sure The Fiend's going to get the, the title back. But I'm going to guess, 
you know, AJ's going to win it because you are going to have a heel as the Money in the Bank winner. Maybe you can always go babyface. Don't get me wrong. You know, obviously my picks are Aleister Black, Daniel Bryan, and now AJ Styles and stuff like that. You know, it's always good to have more than one pick. But then we had a backstage segment with Aleister Black. Aleister Black was mentioning what AJ had said about throwing someone off the building. And AJ kind of hinted at Aleister Black's name. Aleister Black said, you better wait. You better hope that takes me out completely because otherwise I'll come back. And basically, he made him fade to black. So good little promo from Aleister Black. I like the eerie music. You know, these Aleister Black promos, man, I like them very much. I like the way Aleister Black comes off. I like his intensity. I really enjoy it. Aleister Black... The guy could become one of your best promo cutters. The guy is that intense, and the guy looks believable. Alistair Black is one of your top guys. So then we had a tag team match. We had the new team of Shane Thorne and Brandon Vink, of course, being managed by MVP. But I don't think it's going to be permanent because MVP wasn't even out there with them, taking on Ricochet and Cedric Alexander. There was a backstage promo with the three guys, MVP, Brandon Vink and Shane Thorne didn't really care for that too much. They went up against Ricochet and Cedric Alexander, two of WWE's best, especially Ricochet. Remember when Ricochet was a former NXT North American champ? Remember that? Remember when he beat Samoa Joe and became the U.S. champion? Remember when he beat Adam Cole at TakeOver one time became the North American champ? Yeah, and this is what we're getting now. Like I said, Ricochet is one of those guys where I feel like they just, you know, they just don't see him like the way Triple H saw him. They don't, I mean, they see him as a star, but they just don't see him in the way that the fans see him, the way that the independent scene saw him, the way that Triple H saw him. And I think it's unfortunate. Same with Cedric Alexander. You know, Cedric was more 205 Live, but you know, Triple H probably liked him a lot. I think he did a couple matches on NXT. You know, Cedric Alexander, former Cruiserweight champion in his own right, had some great matches, you know, when he first got to Raw against AJ Styles, some good matches with um, Drew McIntyre and stuff like that, and this is what you got. I mean, obviously, look, yeah, you know, we have a new team. These guys have been, these guys are a great tag team. I think Ricochet and Cedric Alexander are a great tag team, but the problem is I don't know how long these guys are going to be booked as a team. I don't know. If these guys are really going to get over as a team, I appreciate the work they do because these guys are both incredibly talented. And I am happy to see these guys at least getting TV time. It's not like they're just in the back. You know what I mean? So they took on Brandon Vink and Shane, Brandon Vink and Shane Thorne. And Shane Thorne and Brandon Vink actually got the victory. Now this is what I would have liked to have seen happen. I would have liked to see MVP out there and then maybe... Somebody goes for a move, like say Shane Thorne goes for a move, and MVP screws them over, helps Ricochet and C Cedric Alexander win, and boom, you get a new stable. MVP was hinting at a new stable, right? He's you know he's managing Ricochet and Cedric Alexander, and then boom, you have Apollo Cruz come out. There you go, because I did read that Apollo Cruz may be turning heel, and might and maybe he'll sign up with he'll sign with MVP. It's a nice little stable right there. MVP, Ricochet, Cedric Alexander, Apollo Crews. I mean, there you go. Apollo Crews, Ricochet, Cedric Alexander. I mean, come on. These guys, you know, these guys are great athletes. But 
I was a little surprised with the outcome. Again, I really don't see why these guys beat Ricochet and Cedric Alexander, because to be honest, it just seems like MVP's going to go through teams until he finds a team that actually he can get behind. Take nothing away from Shane Thorne and Brandon Veek. These guys are talented from what I've seen. Well, I've seen more of Shane Thorne. Brandon, Brandon Veek, I'm still a little new on the guy, but... And then we had a promo, in-ring promo with Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins came out. You know, Rollins the Messiah. Did a sit-down interview with Charlie Caruso outside in the ring. And, of course, Charlie Caruso, extremely beautiful. Charlie Caruso looked great, as she always does. Rollins, of course, cut his promo. Saying that this is bigger than him and Drew McIntyre. Saying that he's going to save... Drew McIntyre, and that's the kind of part of the gimmick I don't like that much. Sometimes I do wish we had the old heel 2015 Seth Rollins, but I'm all about changing up the gimmick. Now Rollins is a heel, but he's uh, he's been a heel, but he's obviously more like he's crazy. Put it to you this way: he's crazy. The way he talks, the way he tries to save people, he's crazy. But you know, he truly believes that it's going to be his destiny to take the championship from Drew McIntyre. Don't think Rollins is gonna win just because I just because I think the the idea I think is either for Alistair Black to win the Money in the Bank briefcase. I mean, you could do Alistair Black and Seth Rollins to make up for that shit that we got that time they faced and then ended up being a six man tag team match. Or maybe you do go with the heel and you have you know AJ Styles win it and then we get AJ and McIntyre as your next championship match. I wouldn't mind that. I would like that very much, actually. But I, I like the promo from Seth. Look, Seth Rollins is a great promo. Not always, but when he wants to, he cuts a pretty good promo, I think, personally. Um, but basically, yeah, he just basically said that it was his destiny and he was going to become the WWE champion. So then, so then we had what I thought was Match of the Night. We had the Street Profits taking on the Viking Raiders, the War Raiders, whatever you want to call them. I call them the War Raiders. Um, this was a good match. I thought these guys delivered. These guys obviously can deliver a good match anywhere they go. Don't see why it happened, because this match is obviously going to be taking place at Money in the Bank. Don't know why it's taking place at Money in the Bank neither, because obviously this could be a SummerSlam match. I can easily see this being a SummerSlam match and opening the card. Not to say they couldn't kill it at Money in the Bank, because like I said, these guys, can if you give them the chance and you let them beat in, these guys can kill it anywhere. You give these guys like a good 15 minutes, good 20 minutes, these guys can kill it. 25 minutes, 30 minutes, these guys, these guys could fucking kill it. You know, we've seen what the Street Profits can do. We've seen what freaking the War Raiders could do. So it's, it's a little confusing because it's like, well, both teams are supposed to be baby faces. Even though the War Raiders a couple times came off his heels. Don't know why. But a lot, a lot of people think maybe the Street Profits are turning heel. Because remember when Bianca Belair, who clearly seems like a babyface, but it seemed like she was getting frustrated with them. I mean, I could picture the Street Profits as a heel. They're the same way. They're just more annoying and they're more, and they're more dicks to the fans. I mean, I think, you, I think they could book that. But like I said, this was a good match. Again, I felt like it shouldn't have happened tonight. I felt like if you're going to do it at Money in the Bank or if you planned on doing it to SummerSlam, which is obviously not confirmed, 
don't know why you had to do it on an episode of Raw. You know, but then again, hey, look, you know, this was what we got. It was a good match. The War Raiders got the victory. I thought match of the night, obviously. But yeah, the War Raiders got the victory. They cut a backstage, they were in a backstage promo. And from what I'm understanding, this match is more than likely going to happen at the Money in the Bank, at the Money in the Bank pay-per-view this Sunday. Don't know why we got it tonight. This is the same shit they did with when the Street Profits won the belts in the first place, taking on Rollins and Buddy Murphy. Then we got that match at the Elimination Chamber, which was literally the next Sunday. Speaking of which, we had a backstage promo with Buddy Murphy. Buddy Murphy was interviewed by Charlie Caruso. Of course, again, looking beautiful. Charlie Caruso basically asked, why is Buddy Murphy so loyal to Seth Rollins? Buddy Murphy basically said, we both need each other. We both benefit from each other. And I have the potential of being great, even greater than Seth Rollins. Now, I kind of had a sneaking, I kind of had a feeling that Rollins was either going to turn on Buddy Murphy tonight but then again, say, you know, Buddy Murphy, you know, messes up or he loses the match. Spoilers, spoiler alert. And Rollins curb stomps him or attacks him. So I kind of got that. And then him saying that he could be better than Seth Rollins. I kind of thought maybe it was going to be like a bit of a setup. But, you know, obviously. <sighs> Excuse me, guys. Sorry about that. Obviously, Buddy Murphy, I think, is great. I mean, I, I think about when I think about Buddy Murphy, not only do I think about his stuff when he was obviously cruiserweight champion, all the great matches he had with Tony Nese and, you know, Drew Gulak. And um, I think, did he wrestle Drew Gulak? I want to say he did. But Tony Nese, I know they wrestled at WrestleMania. They wrestled other times. His matches with Tazawa, his matches with. Um, Cedric Alexander, I mean, you know, and then of course his matches with Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns were really good. And of course his classics with Aleister Black were just phenomenal. So Buddy Murphy obviously is a great athlete. This guy is another part of the future of your company. I could see Buddy Murphy becoming a U.S. champion. Maybe, shit, you never know. Maybe he'll be in, in the WWE championship picture. You never know. Hey, you never know. You know what I mean? So basically, throughout the night, we've seen WWE obviously hyping up Money in the Bank, best way they can. They could do better, but just showing off Money in the Bank moments. We've seen Edge cashing in on John Cena. We've seen Randy Orton catching, cashing in on Daniel Bryan. We've seen Daniel Bryan win the briefcase. We've seen Brock Lesnar win the briefcase. You know, we've seen um, a couple cash-ins, of course, you know, recap too. And by the way, speaking of Edge and Randy Orton, so apparently, I don't know what this is all about, but next week, Edge is going to be back on Raw, and it looks like him and Orton are going to continue their feud. It kind of seemed like they were going to wrestle next week, or something's going to go down. I don't know. It was kind of weird, but then I was reading, you know, hearing another podcast before I recorded tonight's episode, and I heard supposedly that, you know, they thought it was a mistake at first. But then they aired that for the second time. I saw it the first time and I was kind of thinking, what the hell was that? And then, of course, they said it. I didn't see it the second time, but I'm like, wait a minute, Edge and Randy Orton? I mean, Edge is coming back to TV. That's cool. You can, you know, if Rollins wasn't feuding with McIntyre, I could easily start to see a build between, between maybe Edge and Rollins at SummerSlam. You know, but don't know. Don't know if Edge is just going to come back for a promo. Don't know if it's going to lead to a match with someone else. 
I don't even know if it's going to lead to him and Orton facing each other on Raw. That's kind of what it came off as. But obviously something's going to go down with Edge and Randy Orton. I mean, you know, these guys have great chemistry. I believe, you know, they had a great build for their match at, of course, less for the match at WrestleMania, which I still say I enjoyed. But yeah, that's obviously what we're going to get next week. And then we had... We had Charlotte Flair come out. Charlotte Flair came out. Charlotte Flair, obviously, the NXT Women's Champion. She came out. She, of course, was talking briefly about her match with Io Shirai, which will be taking place on NXT. This is going to be a huge episode of NXT, and it's going to be a huge episode of AEW, obviously. I will get to that in a little while. She came out. She was interrupted by Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan, of course, was like, do you remember me? I like this because it hints back to when, of course, when you think about it, the last person that Liv Morgan wrestled before she kind of went away saying that she was going to find herself was Charlotte Flair. If you remember that episode of SmackDown Live where they wrestled each other. That was back when she was still the Riot Squad version of Liv Morgan. But now she's obviously this version of Liv Morgan, which realistically is just her in a sexier outfit. You know, kind of like Scarlett Bordeaux. And kind of getting her pinkish, purplish hair back and just kind of, you know, having a baby face run. That's really what it is. So Charlotte was kind of laughing it off. Liv Morgan challenged her to a match. We got a match. I say one of Liv Morgan's, this in my mind was one, was one of Liv Morgan's best matches since she's been back. Well, ever. You know, she hung in there with Charlotte Flair, who, let's face it, Charlotte Flair, I know how some people feel about her, but Charlotte Flair is one of the is one of WWE's top, not going to lie. Liv Morgan is very talented. I, a lot of people say she's better than Alexa Bliss. You know, I'm a fan of Liv Morgan. I think she is talented. I think she has great facial expressions. I think, you know, is her timing off? Yeah, it is. You know, she obviously probably has to work on that, but I'm sure she will. You know what I mean? And Shara Flair, you know, she, of course, being the heel, Liv Morgan, of course, they went. They had a commercial break, so obviously they had some time. It wasn't just like a three-minute match. It was about as long as Mia Yim and Charlotte Flair was on NXT last week. But in the end, Liv Morgan tapped out to the figure eight. Charlotte Flair obviously very happy with herself. And then we had, of course, our main event segment, which was Drew McIntyre versus Buddy Murphy. Drew McIntyre was obviously dominating at first. I liked it. Buddy Murphy, of course, coming back a little bit. Rollins was there watching. I liked. Anytime Drew McIntyre delivers one of those headbutts, I really like. Or anytime he delivers a Claymore or maybe a uh, one of those bombs away. Kind of like that Samoan and drop type of thing he does. I like when he does it. Buddy Murphy's great. I think Buddy Murphy, again, he is part of your future for the company. But in the end, Drew McIntyre got the victory with the Claymore kick. Nice sell by Buddy Murphy. Rollins, of course, was looking, you know, he was pissed off. Buddy Murphy was calling him to wrestle. Rollins was having no part of it. Rollins was like, I don't want no part of it. All of a sudden, he comes out of nowhere, hits a super kick on Drew McIntyre. Nice looking super kick. Rollins, of course, that nice jacket he has and that nice glove. McIntyre caught him. Rollins was going to go for a curb stomp. McIntyre started fighting back. You know, knocked out Drew, knocked out Seth Rollins. McIntyre was holding the championship, and Rollins was walking away, looking angry. And that's how Monday Night Raw ended. Overall, guys, Monday Night Raw, not their best show. I really enjoyed. I I enjoyed AJ coming back. I enjoyed his promo. 
I enjoyed the Alistair Black promo. I enjoyed the tag team match. I enjoyed, you know, Liv Morgan getting a chance a little bit. I enjoyed the main event a little bit for, you know, the selling by Buddy Murphy and the chops. Other than that, other than that, everything else was just kind of there. You know what I mean? But that was your Monday Night Raw review, guys. Before I get out of here, I am going to talk about a couple news. With that being said, um, Killer Cross, Karrion Cross, of course, is going to be making his debut on NXT, which I'm looking forward to see. Killer Cross has been in a couple segments for the past couple weeks. A lot of apocalyptic segments with Scarlet, who is not going to be called Scarlet Bordeaux. She's just going to be called Scarlet, which I think is fine. I think as long as you let her keep, keep, the, keep the name... I like the fact that they're going to be together. You guys know how I feel about Killer Cross. Killer Cross is one of my top favorites. Um, we had, of course, the buildup between him and Ciampa start. It's been kind of starting ever since he interfered in, interfered in that promo with, you know, Johnny Gargano, Triple H, and Aleister Black. And tri- Aleister Black. Johnny Gargano, <laughs> Triple H. And then, of course, when he was spying on Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae. And then a couple weeks ago when he attacked Tommaso Ciampa. So, and also Scarlett, you know, the last couple weeks getting these, you know, in these promos. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Cross does. I don't know who he's going to face against. It's probably going to be an NXT enhancement match. Don't know. But I'm looking forward to this. I don't know if Ciampa is going to come back and confront him or if you're going to build up, you know, Killer Cross. And someone else, maybe Killer Cross was the attacker of Finn Balor. Maybe it's not going to be Walter. Maybe maybe Walter can't travel. I have no idea. But obviously, Killer Cross will be, will be making his debut, which I'm looking forward to. I have so much respect for Killer Cross. Like I said, guys, I, I've met him a couple times. The guy was incredibly nice to me. So chill, so down to earth. Nothing like his character. But then again, you know, just like his character, the guy's real smart. The guy's sharp. And it's going to be interesting to see what he does in NXT. I love the way he's being built up. You know, he's being he's being built up the way that Killer Cross should be built up, and that is a badass. And I think Killer Cross is is he is one of your next stars, man. He could be your major star. I really think. And him and Scarlet, I mean, hey, man, you know they must be thrilled. They're getting to work together. How many people can say that? But yeah, guys, Killer Cross making his debut this Wednesday on NXT. NXT looking to be a great show. You have two championship matches you have adam cole defending against the velveteen dream we'll see what happens with that obviously the velveteen dream is in hot shit right now because of his allegations i wouldn't say hot hot shit but still you know it's got to be real stressful on him um and then you have of course and then yeah the per then again who knows if it's true or not you never know and then you have of course the nxt women's championship charlotte flair and io shirai which i'm expecting to be a good match but i think we all know how it's going to end Matt Riddle, of course, um, Matt Riddle addressed his rumors on if he has backstage heat. Matt Riddle, of course, is obviously very charismatic. Matt Riddle has made it clear that he wants to retire Brock Lesnar. Don't know if it's ever going to happen based on the way Matt Riddle kind of is. But Matt Riddle did an interview with, let me see. Matt Riddle did an interview recently, which I did not hear, but I'm reading right here because it is newsworthy to me. Matt Riddle basically answered the question on if he had backstage heat. He basically said, no, he does not. But he says that there are some people that don't like him because of the way he handles himself. And Matt Riddle just basically said he's himself. And a lot of people that can't handle that can't really can't naturally handle the business. Personally, 
I think Matt Riddle is just doing what Matt Riddle does best, and that is the guys being himself. I mean, look, you can either like it or not. You know, if you don't like it, that's fine, you know. But this is what he had to say. Matt Riddle says, and I quote. Let me see. All these ads are coming in, guys. I'm sorry about that. Let me see. Okay, right here. Matt Riddle says, and I quote on if he has backstage heat, and I quote, I'll tell you this. Do I have heat with WWE or NXT or the people that run the show? No. Do I have heat with some people who think I'm disrespectful at times because they don't understand how business works? Yes. Do people take things seriously? Yes. So Matt Riddle basically saying that there are people that kind of, you know, aren't too happy with the way he handles himself. Personally, I feel like, you know, it's one of those things where you're damned if you are, you're damned if you don't. You know, Matt Riddle's doing what he does. People aren't going to like it. That's the way it is. I have so much respect for Matt Riddle. I think he's great. I think he could be the future of the business. He's part of the future. Future NXT champion for sure. Maybe a future WWE champion, but obviously his attitude and the way he handles himself might kind of hold him back from it. I mean, we remember what happened to him at the Royal Rumble and Survivor Series. Don't know if that was part of it, but... You know, we'll see. And also, Kevin Owens apparently is injured. Kevin Owens is apparently injured. He suffered some kind of an injury at WrestleMania. Sucks for Kevin Owens, but at the same time, it's got to be bittersweet because he gets to keep spending time with his family. Kevin Owens, I feel like if he was here, he could have easily been the odds-on favorite to win Money in the Bank because Kevin Owens could be one of your top baby faces. He has been portrayed as one of your top baby faces. And I would have loved to seen him qualify for the Money in the Bank ladder match and win it. But Kevin Owens obviously injured. Don't know how long he's going to be out, but that's about it. And also, let me see. So a lot of people are talking about... Uh, let me see... Oh, another injury. Sorry, guys. So there's another injury. Uh, Jimmy Uso is actually injured as well. Jimmy Uso, who recently just came back from an injury, is injured again, man. Tough luck for Jimmy Uso, man. But that just goes to show you this business, you know, yeah, look, it is, you know, it may not be at its best right now, but it is still, it's tough, man. And, you know, accidents happen in the ring sometimes, you know, that's the way it is. So shout out to Kevin Owens and Jimmy Uso, wishing them well on a speedy recovery. These guys are great at what they do. Hopefully they're back sooner rather than later. I did mention Kane Velasquez getting a getting a release as well. Um, let me see. Final news, guys. Um, Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch is actually going to be appearing in the show called Billions for Showtime. There's already pictures of her and uh, Maggie Siff, who of course was from Sons of Anarchy. She played Tara, Sons of Anarchy, one of my favorite shows of all time. Great actress. Becky Lynch, good for her. We'll see her acting skills. We'll see how she does on a t on basically like a television show type of a role, even though she is on WWE. And then she's also, she's also apparently she's being rumored or she's being booked for a role in an in an upcoming Marvel movie. So yeah, good for the man. Becky Lynch obviously getting some more stuff outside of wrestling. So good for her. Don't know which Marvel movie it's gonna be, but we'll see what happens, guys. I mean, hey, could you imagine her being the villain of, like, like a Scarlet Witch movie or, like, maybe freaking Captain America, like, as someone else? <laughs> you know, we'll have to wait and see, guys. 
with that being said, guys, I am going to go ahead and get out of here. Um, I had so much fun. Um, just want to say I had so much fun. The last couple interviews that I was able to do with my buddy Jose, me and George, my, my buddy George will be coming back on the show very soon. He's been a little caught up because he still is working right now, but I have always have a lot of fun with that, guys. I always have fun recording these podcasts, guys. You guys are incredible. I appreciate you guys so much for listening to me and all that stuff. You guys are incredible. Stay safe, guys. My birthday's in a couple days, guys. On this Saturday, I turned 24. Man, freaking crazy how fast my birthday came. Obviously, not in the best of circumstances, but I will be doing a special show that night on my birthday for you guys. I will be back Wednesday with the WWE, NXT, and AEW Dynamite review. That's AEW Dynamite and NXT. Looking forward to that, guys. NXT, AEW is going to be great. AEW is going to be incredible with Moxley taking on Frankie Kazarian. For the first time ever, it's a random match, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, Matt Hardy making his debut in AEW as an in-ring competitor, teaming with Kenny Omega, one half of the AEW Tag Team Champions, and current AAA Mega Champion, I think he still is, taking on Jericho and Sammy G, Las Sex Gods. NXT, the debut of Killer Cross, in-ring debut of Killer Cross. These two shows are going to be incredible. AEW Dynamite and NXT Review will be my next video, guys. I will catch you guys Wednesday. You guys are incredible. Stay safe. Have a great night. And with that being said, guys, make sure to follow me on Instagram at Drew underscore Villain 96. And I will catch you guys Wednesday, guys. Peace.